0: Well, if you have your Bibles, please be opening to the Gospel of Matthew and your New Testament. The first book there will be in Matthew chapter 4 in just a moment. Uh, I want to say thank you to the Veronese family for this week's children's moment. And I think uh, Ariana and Emmeline make quite a duo. And so thank you girls for that. As I mentioned um, last week, Lord willing, uh, this coming next week, um, Brother Elijah Anthony from the Roosevelt City Church of Christ will be here as a Guest speaker, and looking forward to his message next week. And then the week after that, on February 6th, our Connections Minister Chris Richardson uh, will be sharing a message with us on uh, doing life together as we continue our series, walking through these next steps of our mission. And so, if you're joining us uh, for the first time, or if you're just checking Homewood out, uh, this is a great time for you to be here because we are in this series that we're calling Grow where we are walking through what are intentional next steps uh, on the pathway of following Jesus, our discipleship pathway. And so uh, we're going to be looking today at living differently. We've explored the commitment of worshiping regularly. Last week, we considered what it means to connect with God. Uh, we looked how Jesus practiced solitude and silence. And so if we're going to follow, if we're going to walk as he walked, then we, we too are going to have to practice solitude and silence in our own lives. We talked about various ways that we do that. Uh, We've started back our Tuesday prayer, uh, which will continue again this week. So at noon on Tuesdays, you can come here into the auditorium or you can join online on live stream. Uh, we 're just going to be walking through uh, prayer practices, and we want to encourage you to be a part of that and uh, I know it'll be a blessing to you if you are here. We also looked at connecting with God through Bible reading, and about thirty of you went on our online connection card and committed to reading through the Bible this year. Uh, maybe you 're in a Bible reading plan right now, maybe you 're not going to get through the whole Bible this year, maybe you 're on a plan that takes a few years to get through, but Uh, We just want to know uh, those of you that we can be praying for that are desiring to read through the Bible and our desire is that every member desire to connect through God, not just on Sundays, um, but throughout the rest of the week. And that may be your next step in what you are desiring to do as a follower of Christ. But this week I want to unpack Jesus' call to live differently. And I will say this is probably one of the broader uh, next steps. I mean, some of these that you will hear from week to week, uh, they have some specific uh, direction to, they have some specific focus. But when we say live differently, well, what, is, what does that mean? Uh, what's that all about? Uh, because being a follower of Jesus is not just saying, hey, yeah, uh, I'm a Christian when it's convenient, or I'm a Christian just to say that so that it makes other people happy, maybe mom or dad or, or grandma or granddad. Um, but really, when we look at following Jesus, it's not just about convenience. It's not just about uh, picking up our own crowns and living our own kingdoms and saying that I'm the ruler of my life you do you and and that's what what I'm going to do as well and this is how life lived no, what we see in the call of Jesus is not this putting on our own crown what we see in the call of Christ is picking up a cross so what does it look like to pick up a cross instead of picking up a crown and this is not the message that we're getting every day of the week This is not the message that we're getting on social media. This is not the message that we're getting on news. This is not the message that we're getting day in and day out. No, we're getting an opposite message about fulfilling yourself, doing you. And and this is the language that we hear day in and day out. So how, if we're going to follow Jesus, how do we live differently? In Matthew chapter 4, I want to get us started by looking at verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Verse 15, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has Dawn. Matthew is quoting from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, and then immediately following, verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So in Matthew's gospel, this is right after uh, he has been in the wilderness for 40 days, He's been tempted by the tempter, and and this is right before he preaches uh, the longest recorded sermon that we have of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount that was referenced a few moments ago. And so right in between here, we, we see these words from Jesus, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Author Scott McKnight says in his book, Following King Jesus, that when Jesus said kingdom, the first thing his hearers looked for was three things one a king secondly they were thinking about land or some sacred space or some sacred place and then lastly they're going to be thinking about themselves as participants as citizens of this kingdom so we tend to think about when we hear this word kingdom particularly kingdom of heaven we tend to think about this place that you go after you die That's what we hear in our minds and some of our upbringings would tell us that. But the people hearing Jesus in chapter 4, they don't hear that. That's not what they are hearing. They are people in the Middle East who are brought up reading the words of the prophet Isaiah. Remember Matthew just quoted from the prophet Isaiah. This is the context in which they are hearing these words. Isaiah, who often prophesied about the kingdom of God. And to them, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God wasn't necessarily a place or a location as much as it was a happening. So what do I mean by that? Uh, Well, unfortunately, these words about the kingdom have become pretty catchy uh, in our day and age. You know, it's about as catchy as uh, the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way or when I was growing up. There's a new kids on the block, you know, and they, these catchy songs that you just can't get out of your head, that you try to get out of your head, but you can't, you know, and you're just walking down the street and then, there they are, you know, it's like, and so one of the dangers I think is that this word has been used so many times by preachers and teachers and authors that we forget how revolutionary this word was for the Galileans of his day. That Jesus's words brought waves of ordinary folks to their feet and awakened them in this contemplation of hope. It was a revolution that they had not been a part of or experienced to this point. And so let me put it this way. If I were to ask you, you know, what is my wife's kingdom? Some of you may, may say, well, it's, it's your house or it's your super cool minivan, you know, that you drive around all the time. Or it's, it's maybe her place of, of work, you know. But, but when I ask you, what is my, my wife's kingdom? There are things in the house. There are things in the van. There are things in her workplace that aren't as she wills, aren't as she desires. So when the towels are on the floor, when the dirty clothes are laying around all over the living room, things are not as my wife desires not as she wills the kids having a fit in the back of the van when she's driving down 459 that doesn't reflect her reign in that moment Lanny's reign is reflected when the towels and the dirty clothes aren't on the floor but rather they are in their proper place Lanny's reign is reflected when the kids are living by a peace treaty in the back of the van her reign is reflected when her husband checks with her before he uses her in her sermon illustrations. <laughs> I didn't have time to check this morning, so Lenny's reign, Lenny's kingdom isn't so much a place or a location as it is a happening when things happen according to her will and her pleasure. And so when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, he was thinking of these concrete realities of life here on earth. He was thinking of the church being the embodiment of the Jesus way. He was thinking of you and me living differently together in a community as we should. Scott McKnight goes on to say in his book, These Biblical Realities of the Kingdom, that kingdom is an interconnected society, noted by caring, for others, shaped by justice, empowered by love, dwelling in peace, flowing with wisdom, knows its history, lives out its memory, values society and cares about its future. Are you beginning to see this language of the kingdom and what it means? One of the seven wonders of the ancient world are the hanging gardens of Babylon you'll see a picture on the screen. Uh, This is not an actual picture. This is just an artist's rendition of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Uh, There's some speculation uh, as to their existence. It's on the list of seven wonders, just like the, the Great Pyramid in Egypt, the statue of Zeus at Olympia, the Temple of Artemis in Ephesus. These remarkable constructions that happened between the eighth century and sixth century BC that we still today, to this very day, just sit in wonder of and marvel at these creations. Uh, Josephus, the historian, wrote about the Hanging Gardens in the first century AD. But here's how the story goes you have uh, King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, and you have the king of Persia. And King Nebuchadnezzar is worried, he's, he's afraid that the king of Persia and his people are going to attack Babylon. But you have the king of Persia who is over here who is also scared and afraid that King Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon is going to attack Persia. And so both of them are sitting in their respective kingdoms uh, afraid of one another. And then King Nebuchadnezzar has this bright idea. He says, well, if I ask for the king of Persia's daughter's hand in marriage, the princess, then he will not attack me and, and we can be safe as, as a kingdom. So he sends this invitation to the king of Persia that says, hey, I would like to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. Well, the king of Persia is elated because now he's thinking, well, if he marries my daughter, then he won't attack me. And so he goes to his daughter, uh, Princess Uh, and says, you know, hey, you need to marry this king, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Well, of course, Amethyst doesn't want to marry somebody she's never met. But finally, her father convinces her that you are going to keep our whole kingdom and and country safe by marrying King Nebuchadnezzar. So she agrees. So she goes over, she marries King Nebuchadnezzar. Only one problem, she ain't happy. And y'all know the saying, when mama ain't happy, yeah you know it so she ain't happy over there why because she misses the hillsides the mountaintops the gardens the flowers all the things that she had in persia she's missing those things in babylon and so king nebuchadnezzar decides that he wants to make her happy and he doesn't want her to flee and go back to persia because they don't have FaceTime. They can't stay connected. He wants her to be with, with her. He wants uh, her to be with him. And so what he decides to do is to build this elaborate hanging gardens. He has his slaves bring in these huge slabs of rock. He has them bring in these, these trees and these flowers and, and these, these gardens from Persia. And then what you see on the screen is just a, a potential rendition of what that might have looked like. I mean, fellas, if you could give your lady this, I mean, what, is that something that you would do? I mean, I, I, would, I would probably say, yeah. I mean, that looks kind of nice. And so this is what the king of Babylon does, literally creates these beautiful hanging gardens, bringing his wife's will to Babylon as it is in Persia. Jesus does not invite us into sameness Catch this. He invites us into change. He invites us to a different way of living than we did before because he has ushered in the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So we walk as he walked. We live as he lived different. The kingdom is a happening. The things God wants done get done in his kingdom. And Jesus doesn't say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is up there. What does he say? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And if we're not careful, we equate this in the church, this idea of repenting and the kingdom of heaven, we relate this to this just doing less of the bad stuff that we've done in the past. And so we say things like, the old me used to drink a lot, but the new me I don't drink as much, I drink less. Or I used to watch things that I shouldn't, but now I'm doing that less. The old me used to gossip in the lunchroom, but now I do that less. The old me used to cuss and get angry, but now I'm cussing and getting angry less. And certainly all of us as as followers of Jesus, Certainly there's things in our lives that we should do less of. There's things in our lives that we should do more of. But let's not reduce these words of Jesus to mere behavior modification. This is not what he's saying. It's not just modification. We're being invited into a whole new life in which Jesus is king, not us. That's transformation. And he says things that really don't make sense in our kingdoms. And so think about these words that were read just a moment ago in our children's moment from the mouth of babes, Matthew 10, 39. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Doesn't make sense in our kingdom. For Jesus to say, hey, why don't you abandon your kingdom and come join mine? Matthew 16 verse 24 then Jesus said to his disciples whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will find it exactly what he said in Matthew 10 he's repeating himself in Matthew 16 verse 26 what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly, I tell you, some of you are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is language that you will not hear this week. Nobody's going to stand up and and tell you, hey, deny yourself what are you going to hear this week what are we going to hear this week fulfill yourself if you can buy it buy it if you can achieve it achieve it fulfill yourself take up your crown and fulfill yourself certainly it's okay to buy things it's okay to go to the grocery store like we heard in our children's moment a moment ago But if we're really thinking about these words of Jesus, what does it look like to flip the power structures of our lives on its head? I want to circle back around. I think there's power in repetition. Circle back around to Romans chapter 12 that Justin walked us through a moment ago. Therefore, I urge you, verse one, brothers and sisters, this is not some just passing plea from Paul there's an urgency to it therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as this living sacrifice verse 2 do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will let's go down to verse 6 We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. You'll notice that's one of our next steps that will be coming up in a few weeks. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Verse nine, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Where have you seen devotion to one another in the past week or two? Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, patient when the responsive reading doesn't work out, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who. Who mourn. As a church, we mentioned last week, we hold hands with those who are grieving and those who are celebrating. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not... Be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do you hear the echoes of Jesus' words? Do you hear the echoes of Jesus' prayer? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Not mine. Not yours. This is so much more than just doing less bad stuff, church. This is a complete altering of the power structure in your heart and your soul. Who's the ruler of your kingdom? Who's your king? takeaways i want to leave with you this week Uh, one is that living differently involves taking up a cross and not a crown i really think if we reflect on on that one reality of the kingdom coming through jesus i really believe that it will alter the way that we live that we will live differently when we realize who wears the crown and who takes up the cross second one is living differently involves living the prayer not just saying it so your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven this is the prayer that jesus taught his disciples but it's a prayer to be lived it's not just a prayer to be prayed and so we we pray but then we walk in that prayer and lastly living differently involves overcoming evil with good not evil there's propensities in my own heart that when I see evil, when I experience wrongdoing, I, I want to respond. I want to respond with revenge. I want to respond with, I want to get a quick word back in. I want to get a quick snippet back in. I want to, you know, I, and we, we do this. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In the first message of this series, we said that if we're going to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, that we have to become apprentices of the one that we call Lord. We're not just clicking follow on a computer, but we are becoming like. We are following so closely that we are becoming like. Bill... Gautier, founder of soul shepherding, offers what he calls the apprentice prayer. I'm going to put this on the screen and I want to encourage you if you want to take a picture of it. This is a prayer that I'm committed to praying every, every morning this week. And it's a simple prayer. Jesus, I love you. Father, I adore you. Holy Spirit, I rely on you. Lord Jesus, i I seek to live as your apprentice in all that I do today. My life is your school for teaching me. I relinquish my agenda for this day and I submit myself to you and your kingdom purposes. In all things today, I pray your will, your way, your time. I'm gonna invite the praise team if they'll be making their way back up. I want us together to stand and say the Lord's Prayer. If you'll stand with me. And so we pray as the Lord taught us. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you have a need this morning, if one of our shepherds could pray with you or for you, uh, there'll be a shepherd down front. There'll be, also be a shepherd and a spouse back here in this room. Today's the day that you want to name Jesus as Lord. Be baptized into him. Please come down front as well. Let's sing.